Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Robbie Knox, and I'm the landlord of the Moon Underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Welcome back to the Moon Underwater for part two. And before we left, Dan was giving us some space animal related questions in his pub quiz. Dan, it is time now to reveal the answers. Okay, so space animals. Uh, Question one was, uh, what was the name of the dog that was the first animal to make an orbital space flight around the Earth? Robin, do you think uh, it's Laika, isn't it? It is, yes. I did know that. And also a terrific. Arcade Fire song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lovely bit of extra info. And did you know? Did you know that uh, Laika was um, a homeless dog? No. Yeah, it was a homeless dog, and the reason that they deliberately chose a stray because they thought it would deal better with the sort of difficulties of being alone in space in harsh conditions because it had already had a tough life. But you've had a tough life. We're going to make it even tougher. We'll probably be all right. Yeah. This is yeah. really ominous now yeah, for the yeah. Mars mission, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically just three homeless people waking up in a pub going, what am I doing here? Well, we thought you'd like it. What? Yeah. How far am I in space? I'm going where? Yeah. I'm never coming back. It's mad, isn't it? I think when I was younger, I always, I never really made the connection that there was never a plan for Laika to return to Earth. Yeah. And I think they, I think as I recall, there was some kind of, I think they said there was some way that they planned to euthanize Laika on the trip. I don't think... 
there was. No, there's, there's, there's been some discussion about exactly what happened, I think. But, I um, think most of them survived, though. Most of the dogs that have gone into space, yeah. I, th- I think that there's a lovely... I don't know if you know Darren Heyman, who is uh, Hefner and uh, the French and various others, what wonderful singer-songwriter. And, and he also, as well as doing brilliant songs about astronauts, this beautiful one about Alan Bean, um, he also did these wonderful paintings of all the dogs that have been in space oh, as well. Oh, wow. Well, the French sent a cat into space. I know that. And that survived... And then they euthanized it because they needed to see what effect it had had on his brain. That is tough. If you've got a special comeback, I've made it. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sorry. Oh, um, okay, second question. Which insect was the first animal sent into space? Or what kind of insect, I guess? Oh, I don't know. That's uh, I guess. Any guess? This is deliberate, isn't it? Because I imagine there's a blue bottle that got in once or twice. No, no, it was deliberate, yeah. Right, okay. Okay. I don't know the answer. The only insect I could think of under pressure was grasshopper. Okay. I'm not 100% certain it's an insect. I'm going to go with flea because I like the idea of it doing one of its brilliant jumps and then going, hang on a minute, it's taking more than <laughs> yeah. useless, isn't it? Well, actually, you were very close when you said blue bottle because it was fruit flies. Oh. And they, they were everywhere. They were. Uh, I'm reading this because I can't remember it. They were transported aboard a V2 rocket from New Mexico in 1947. They went 67 miles into the air because NASA says that space is officially 66 miles. So it was like just above, and then uh, they came down. And they were chosen because, and I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this, Robin. Because flies have a similar genetic makeup to humans. Mm-hmm. Fruit flies are it's amazing. When you start looking at what they've been used for in genetic experiments, is yeah, it's 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 when you there's a there's a friend of mine who's done a lot of that kind of stuff, and it's and it's just really well, basically all living things. When you yeah. find out that the difference between these you know bipedal curious creatures and them, so many other you know living things that are all around us. And you go, just to be a living thing requires a certain... It's, it's like that great line that um, where someone was once uh, doing a lecture about um, evolution by natural selection in, uh, in an American town. And someone stood up very angrily and said, are you saying that I'm related to apes? And she went, no, much better than that. I'm saying you're related to yeast. And when you realise, you know, that yeast... I mean, that, you know, Paul, Paul Nurse is, is an amazing... You know, the, the work that they've done on yeast has helped us understand what we are. And, and indeed, you know... Change the way medically. It's, it's yeah. It's just fascinating. That that's what I love is that connection. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, okay, and third question, which I saw, I think it might be guessable. We can have a good guess. In two thousand and seven, a cockroach called Hope was sent into space. And what was it? The first animal to do in space? Um, annoy whoever opened the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's what I'm reckoning. Yeah, I'm going to go with reproduce. It's uh, I think technically you are right. Technically, it's conceive. Oh, um, and then wow, I did and not then, expect the words "you're right" to and, follow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then gave birth to thirty-three cockroaches aboard a satellite. Wow, That's a very yeah. strong answer. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Yeah, well, good. I it was what I originally wrote. If you have to excel first, I wrote "reach Mars," and then I lost <laughs> confidence on that as it went on. Oh, well, I dumped in a panic decision. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I don't know. I don't know if that counts or not. Right, Robin, our pub will not be complete without a couple of spirits. So what are your two selections for that? I am not going to be very nice to anyone who doesn't like whiskey. 
because I am gonna. I've I, I, I've mentioned you know Penderin is a is a Welsh whiskey that I love. It's, I mean, there's lots of different forms of Penderin, and the sherry cask one is very very nice. That's the thing is every single you know different form of it is is so. And people don't. And I also love this Welsh whiskey because it's the one that very often my friend Jeff, who used to have a mobile library that he turned into a mobile bookshop, when I would walk up the steps into his bookshop and he always go, "All right, Rob, do you want a, a little whiskey?" And I'd have a little whiskey and a long browse, and so it has all those connections but it has a really it, all, all of the forms of pandarin i think are delicious and then lefroig is is again one that i just really that that, that kind of that that cold tar soap quality that kind of you know that the, the richness of that is like you know when i am between gigs sometimes in edinburgh and i think actually do you know what i will have a drink it's going all right today i'm just gonna have a little drink with just maybe one piece of ice maybe no more than that maximum and that's one that because it's so much going on in it you can drink it quite oh i know i know what you're thinking robin I know what you're thinking, is that a tugboat approaching? But it's not. <laughs> uh, that that bell tugboat, signifies yeah. what, Dan? Well, it signifies that uh, one of your choices has kind of permeated through the atmosphere in the moon underwater and has began to slowly materialise before us on the bar, which is very exciting. Wow. wow. Uh, here we are. Now tell us about this. That is, yeah, Lefroy, which I'm always worried about because I'm always, it's a bit like certain foreign films that I don't go and see. Mm. I don't know if you, I presume one of the reasons that Dan you picked seeing the film uh, Mandibles was because you knew how to pronounce it. Because uh, yeah. sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and Lefroy, I'm always worried, but this is, it's it's like, I mean, just smell it, right? We've, we've, we've got these glasses in front of us go. now. And, and if you just smell that, that is just such a. Uh, like this, you get the bit first of all, which is the coal tar soap, yeah. right? So you get that yeah, kind of yeah. that memory of youth where you bit into a piece of soap. I presume you all did, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah always eating soap. That's yeah. the generation delicious. Um, didn't have much else to be. Those and there is, and and this to me, yeah, there is, is so yeah. much more. It's soapy. Yeah, and I just think there's more. I know people love going on about wine, but if I was gonna, you know, if there was anything that I was gonna really go for, it would be whiskey just because every time you go back to it you can find another proustian rush to something else as well i i must confess i have struggled with with whiskey since a night out in 1997 uh where i drank too much of it i wasn't well and i've really struggled to get on with it but i want to like well, that's it. the thing. I mean, that's a very interesting thing as well in the way that we're psychologically programmed. Yeah. If you've had a bad experience with something, if you've had a bad experience with any kind of booze or any kind of food, going back to it, your brain, what an interesting, the brain's still there going, nope, nope. But I think a, a bit of that, very, very slowly, because that's what I like about it. You know, wine I can drink too quickly when I'm in a pub. Mm. Whiskey, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm just going, right, slow down now. Because also you get that little bit of burn as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a small amount of punishment as well. Yeah. It is quite, it is a, it's actually slightly, yeah, woody, yeah. burny taste to it, actually. You yeah. shouldn't get any buttery mash, though. No, there's no buttery mash. No buttery mash, no. is there? I, I've always wanted to be into whiskey, but, and, and again, it's similar to the Guinness ad thing. And it's, uh, I love Westerns, and I always drink whiskey in Westerns, but that's sort of throwing it back, but also sort of, hard-boiled detectives from 1950s movies just yeah, yeah. always having a whiskey they, they pull and, open the drawer yeah, there's yeah. no files in yeah, there yeah. there's no money there's nothing there's that's, a gun oh, and a bottle of whiskey yeah. rolling around that just love that and i i've i mean that's actually that is nice but i've never quite been able to 
to maybe now I'm getting older. Maybe I'll start. To... I think I also connect it to because quite in the, in the last few years of my dad's life, you know, there was a uh, eventually he stopped drinking whiskey, but we would normally always have about seven o'clock on the dot. I would pour him a whiskey, and I'd have a whiskey with him. So it has all of those kind of emotional connections as well, and then the ones that we really enjoy. Like, like there's a wonderful like Talisker, you know, uh, which again has so many different. It's that bit which probably sounds very pretentious, but it is in that way of the number of stories that you find inside a drink, however they're connected, whether they are connected to you thinking of Gary Cooper, whether they are connected to you thinking of Humphrey Bogart or whatever it might be. All of those create more of the kind of yeah again in a way that i just think lager doesn't seem to you know no. you're, you're lager no. lager lager and, that, and that's it you know you go I, I i i might be really wrong i'm sure there's lots of people listening to that who go you've really forgotten about the hofmeister bear yeah. uh and John his, van damme and cause light yeah so the network of that but it doesn't seem to i mean you don't how often in films does someone say have a lager, please. Yeah, very. It's kind of rare, not very. You get Americans ordering a bottle of Budweiser, which is yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. I'm sorry, I have no understanding yeah. of that at all. No, I don't. Yeah. Morse more likes a pint of real ale, didn't he, Inspector? Yes, yeah, real ale. I can see yeah. that. There's a story there yeah. as well. When I was in Dublin recently, Post Malone, musician, was was over there at the time, and we were talking to a bar owner, and he said he he quite often comes in the bar when he's in. Ireland, he said the reason being that he likes drinking Bud and they let him bring his own box of Bud in to the bar. I was like, that's, that's, he's gone, I'm going to get this authentic um, no, Irish not, pub, but I'm going right. to bring my own bottles of Budweiser. See, that has a thing. I wonder whether it's because lager feels very much like it's a manufactured, do you know what I mean? Mm. That it feels like it comes from a factory mm. in a way that a good bitter feels like there was a process of of the brewery there is a process of a story there is a process possibly of a you know a proper barrel that kind of thing yeah. and i and i realized that of course there's lots that is all just factory and that's just the way it is but it it seems to feel. have yeah yeah definitely well it's um you know the way jack daniels is marketed is mm. a bit like that and you think you know it's marketed as oh yeah it's a very small thing and everything's very carefully done i'm sure it is but you think well this thing is sent there's bottles and bottles of it all around the world. I mean, it's got to be a, a fairly big operation. Can I just say that I was very, very pleased that the little lawyer in your head yeah. suddenly <laughs> yeah. made you decide to add, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be careful. I, I've never that's, got that's Jack why, Daniels That's why either. I don't drink before a podcast. Yeah. Bour- yeah. Bourbon. I, I don't get it at all. Bourbon, bourbon, whatever it is. Mm. I, I, it, it's not a drink for me. No. Sweet drinks, I, I find. A, des- a, 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 a dessert wine I can do. Uh, but that's, yeah. How how are we drinking whiskey? Are we generally with, with neat, no yeah. water. Not often, no. No. Well, should I be as someone who likes the idea of drinking whiskey but doesn't like drinking whiskey? What's my way in? Is it just to? I think it is probably to have it. a little bit with some water. Okay. And then then slowly change the ratio so till eventually now, there's no water without left. water. Our friend Mike, who seems to get gets mentioned quite a lot, I went to his parents' house, which was a castle, and they gave me some whiskey, and his dad said to me. Uh, if you sniff the whiskey and it burns your nose, then add a little bit of water until you sniff it and it doesn't burn your nose. And then that's the correct uh, sort of level of whiskey for you. So I did that. That's great. There, and it worked. It was quite a good bit of advice. I'm going to try that now because that definitely burnt my nose and my mouth. That's quite a lot of water. Is that a lot of water? Oh, God. No, no, that's fine. Listeners, he's drowned the whiskey. (laughs) 
That's by the way. This is another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. Okay. That's easy. And and, and I think it's like everything. You don't have to get snotty or worried about the rules. If someone goes, "Oh, I can't believe you put water with it," Mm. just do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's really limited amount of time life. I don't need any more of your stupid rules where I'm trying to enjoy myself. Yeah. But this is something that I would anyone who works in a bar, and not everyone does this, but a lot of them do it now. If you order a gin and tonic, my wife drinks gin and tonic. They drown the gin entirely. They don't ask. They just go glup. Yeah. And yeah. you go, well, now I've just got a fizzy drink. It's like yeah. that that bit of believing that anyone might go, I don't want the rest of the glass topped up yes. with tonic. No, and no, I also true. find with a lot of these trendy new tonics, I find the taste of them can be so strong. It, if you do have too much of it, you can't really taste the difference between the gins a lot of the time mm. as well. And you're okay. a man with a gin bar in your own house. I do. Yeah. I do. I do enjoy gin. I've got I've got a variety of gins, mm. and we had I've um, every summer we have had a um, a football computer game FIFA tournament with friends, and I had a deal that said like you can have unlimited gin if you bring a bottle of nice gin. So you eventually no one drinks a bottle of gin, so you eventually your gin collection expands yes, yes, yes. and all Fantastic. this. So they've got about thirty different gins at the minute. Yeah. Uh, Lovely. I don't really drink them at home, so I don't know what, what's going to happen there. Um, <laughs> That's like it's always that disaster, isn't it? When you go, oh my god, we've built up so many. Well, I'll just have a party, and we'll get rid of half these bottles, yeah. and then, in fact, yeah. my wife just gets rid of the bottles anyway, which really annoys me sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't actually cut that out; she'll no, be no, furious. No. <laughs> actually, don't worry; she doesn't listen to podcasts. We're fine again. I just realised. <laughs> Um, and so, so Lefroy was one. The other one was a was a Welsh whiskey. Was that yeah, Pendarin. Pendarin is just this fantastic distillery, and I I think I probably first came across it. I've, I've been talking about Dylan Thomas before. It would have probably been in Larne, which is a beautiful, like barely a town, and that's where he wrote Under Milk Wood, and where he's got his kind of uh, little boathouse where he did a lot of his writing. And I would have been in probably a pub like Browns or something like that. And I think that's when I first tried uh, Pendarin. It was just fantastic, and and it was. And then I got, oh, that was it. I also, Penderin do a uh, a music writing prize. So every year there's a, a, a book about music that wins a prize. So I think then I got sent a bottle and, uh, and then it just built up from there. And it's nice as well because that was one of the nice things about lockdown was not merely the time, it meant I had a lot of time with my son, but the other side of it was I suddenly went, I've got all these bottles of whiskey because quite often people will go, oh, you like whiskey and you gave me free tickets for this or whatever, so you bought me a bottle of whiskey and I don't have any time to drink it because I'm always on the road. And so that bit of just every night going, yeah, I'm going to have a couple of yeah, whiskeys. Fabulous. Nice. Mm. Wonderful. So a whiskey-heavy spirits section of The Moon Underwater. Right, Dan, every week uh, you ask listeners for a suggestion of what our guests can put in their dream pub. Who have you been conversing with today? Well, I've been conversing with uh, Craig from Stockport. So Craig's got a suggestion specifically for you, Robin, that you could put in your pub. And it's it's totally up to you because it is your pub, whether you accept or reject um, his decision or his, his uh, suggestion. His suggestion is the word I was looking for. Yes. Simple as that. So we'll have a listen to uh, what Craig says. Hi, this is Craig from Stockport. Um, I think there should be like a monkey cage just hanging in the corner of Robin's pub. It could be reserved for people that can't behave themselves. Obviously, they don't have to be in there for an infinite amount of time. Well, they could be. A monkey cage? I'm very keen on that idea. One of my favourite bookshops is uh, Camilla's in Eastbourne. And that has uh, an African grey parrot called Archie that welcomes you in sometimes. And sometimes though the cage is just empty and that makes it immediately enigmatic. 
So I like the mm. fact that people can project whatever they wish. I might every now and again change the things that are on the floor of the cage as if they think uh. he does cage something, but not yeah. when the pub's open. Right. So it can build some kind of story. Yeah. Or it might just be the place to keep the anodine, you know, the aspirin, because that's that was it. That's in George Orwell's Moon Underwater, I'm sure as you know, which is that the pub would have aspirin behind the bar. And, yeah. I, and I wrote about a beautiful pub called the Lamb Inn in Eastbourne, and uh, and it, and it is, I think, the closest almost to me of the Moon Underwater. And um, and I and I mentioned in the book that I'd written that uh, the one thing it seemed to lack was aspirin, and uh, <laughs> and then the the landlady, who's just the most brilliant woman, said actually said um, it's not as far off as you imagine. She said, quite often there's a crack in one of the beams and some of the regulars hide Alka-Seltzers in there so that when they come back on a Sunday morning going, oh, no, I probably shouldn't even be back here, but I am anyway. And then they go up to the beam and there are the Alka-Seltzers that have been placed there. Wow. That does sound like a good pub. Yeah, that's a good... That's great. That's fabulous. So, so monkey you accepting the monkey cage? I accept the monkey cage wholeheartedly, yes. Fabulous. Brilliant. Fabulous. I like it when you get... We go into a pub or or any form of shop and there is an animal or bird or something unexpected. Mm. I recently was was driving on the A47 near Norwich, heading out towards Kingsley. I took a detour off to try and get some petrol. Um, I went to some tiny little village somewhere that had a petrol station. And I went out to to fill up the petrol and the the man came out. It was like an old school, like full service petrol station where he did the pumping for you, which I had not seen for wow. many a year. You've gone, you'd gone back in time. I'd gone back yeah. in time. <laughs> and then I went into the shop to pay, and there was it was a tiny little shop there, and there was a full-size St. Bernard, and there was a baby on the counter. Just loads going on. A lot, wow. of, a lot of stuff. I, it was quite early in the morning. I just, I hadn't been awake very long. I was like, mm, not entirely <laughs> so I've woken up. I love that. Anyway. And, and they still had Texan bars. <laughs> <laughs> Everything had changed. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely, definitely that vibe. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so the, the monkey cage makes it into Robin's pub. Um, right, Robin, we have a pub jukebox here. I think you're going to enjoy this. You can put any CD or we allow a mini disc if you're um, still in the mini disc universe um <laughs> what would you like to put in as your album into the pub jukebox this is the hardest question of all because there are uh i mean i used to one of the ones is out of time uh, the rem album country feedback i remember being in various pubs listening to that which i think is one of the most kind of remarkable rem songs of, of, of that period but then also the sometimes by james which reminds me of my friend barry crimmins who was this wonderful activist comedian who sadly died a few years ago and the year after I'd been with him at the Latitude Music Festival, I suddenly had that moment of realising that it was now the same time on Saturday as when I'd been in, with him the, the, the year before and uh, got that kind of, you know, the, 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 the emotional swell that comes with that. And then I walked into a tent and there were James and they just started playing sometime. So it wow. kind of has that connection. So, you know, that would be, that James album with that on would, would, would kind of, be, which I think it's laid as far as I remember. I think that's the James album with that on. But then also, you know, I'd really like to have some PJ Harvey, like the Hope Demolition Project. Um, but I think I might go for uh, John Carpenter, uh, Lost Soundtracks. Why? Because there's no words. So it would mean that I could sit in my own pub when it's quiet and I could put that on and it wouldn't distract me from writing. And I love John Carpenter as well. And it would be a, a tremendous rush into so many of his horror films that I loved as a child. So either Lost Soundtrack, Lost Themes, that's it, isn't it? Lost Themes 1 or Lost Themes 2 by, by uh, uh, John Carpenter. 
Fabulous. I've never, never heard them. I know you won't have you only heard squeeze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give, well, give that I mean, it's very different to pulling muscles from a shell. That's yeah, I very different. I, I mean, I know what you mean, actually. I was in uh, sort of a vintage film shop once and they started playing the theme from um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, yeah. And that, I just stayed in there just to listen to that, to the music, to the, about half the album because it, was it's just brought back sort of memories and it was so evocative and in this place of sort of movie memorabilia as well it was it was incredible some of those really beautiful musical tracks that can pull you back to the film well Morricone would have been my second yeah. try I, I saw Ennio Morricone on his last ever tour when he oh, played man. the O2 and it was absolutely remarkable because at that point he's conducting sat down because he was nearly 90 years old he might have even been 90 but he was still conducting it was real it was not pretend and and every time someone came on the stage in the first half they had one of the more kind of what you you know kind of gypsy style singers and the second half the more operatic singer and the way that they kind of came on and said maestro you could just see yeah. it and it was like you could see that awe and and I think yeah the the variety of what Morricone made and then that beautiful and of course he did work with John Carpenter because he did the the soundtrack for the Thing which sounds oh. exactly like a John Carpenter uh, soundtrack but apparently what Ennio Morricone said was I don't know why he got me in because I did lots of stuff and then the only stuff he kept was the stuff that sounded like he'd <laughs> done it anyway and. Uh, <laughs> He had a lo- lovely thing, Ennio Morricone. He never learned to speak English. And his son said the reason why was it meant he didn't have to listen to directors too much when he went to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing is, Ennio, I was thinking that, huh? yeah. uh, uh, oh, <laughs> and he could just get on with just what he wanted to he do. Wants. Yeah. My first post-divorce pint, the gin I had in Hull, my nan's homemade buckfast, the rum I drank with Liz Hurley, the lager I stole from the pigeon detectives, Okay, now it is time for a drink in time, Robin. This is where the moon underwater will transport you through the very fabric of time to allow you to relive a drink you've had in your past on an occasion of your past or so. Yeah. Um, so what drink would you like to go back and relive one more time? Do you know what? I'm going to go with whatever the cans of lager were that I had in my big overcoat on the night that I met my wife. Well, after I was in a band that supported the Sultans of Ping FC. Where's my jumper? Where's my jumper? I'm sure you remember that's yeah. short enough for copyright as well. And uh, and and I remember at that point, just like whatever rider that we'd had, you know, we got out of the dressing room. We wanted to watch the Sultans of Ping FC. I had pocket after pocket in my great big great coat, and uh, and I have no idea what the lager was because it doesn't really matter. It was just that kind of that that night. So I'm going to go with that. Oh, fabulous. And That's did just... you share them with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wife. the thing was yeah. I was like a magic man with a magic coat. Yeah. I was the magic lager man. I had my magic lager coat. Yeah, you can't you can't keep those in a jumper, can you? Yeah, it's very... Um, very <laughs> just keep producing them from different yeah. pockets. Got any more? Yeah, and then eventually one. being quite surprised. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten about that pocket on the yeah. inside. There we are. There's still more to come. Yeah. Oh, market. The fact that the that magic coat. coat has never been seen again is one of the many reasons that I'm sure my wife is furious. Yeah. When are we going to have the magic lager yeah. coat again? It's been decades. <laughs> well, I Stevie was in Leicester Square a while ago and he opened, he saw a man who opened up his coat and said, do you want to buy a pigeon? And he had a pigeon in his inside pocket. <laughs> so maybe that's where the coat is now gone. There's nothing worse than finding a magician who's decided it's just not worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying to offload his gear. <laughs> selling it last yeah. to a cheap pigeon. So um, he, didn't, he didn't, didn't buy the pigeon. Well, that's lovely. That's a very, very... Um, 
pleasant beautiful answer. well it was really hard to you know thinking about that there are so many but then thinking of just an icon you know that that the importance of there are lots yeah. of lots of nice moments there are lots of wonder you know uh, there's a there's a pub in in Falmouth called Beerwolf Books so it's a pub that is also a bookshop you know and and I love that experience one of my favorite things is having a stack of books and then sitting in a pub having a pint and just going through the books I've just bought and the fact that I don't have to change locations at Beerwolf Books you know that would be you know probably a very yeah. very close second yeah fabulous a terrific terrific choice now it's time for us to find out Robin's dream pub companion, but that is only for those of you who have invested in the Moon Underwater Patreon. If you want to find out, you can subscribe at moonunderpod.com. For the rest of you, we'll be back after this brief interlude. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. You are barred. Welcome back to the non Patreon people. A terrific answer there from Robin. Mm-hmm. It's such uh, a pity they missed it. It really yeah, is, it isn't is. it? We had a lovely time there, mm-hmm. didn't it we? It is. Well, one thought provoking and interesting. Back in the public bar, out of the saloon. <laughs> yeah, here we are now, and it is time now for you to. 
bar something from your pub, uh, bar or ban, depending on which word you prefer. Start with BA. Um, the uh, It can be a person, it can be a thing, entirely up to you. What are you going to forbid from being in your pub? Do you know what? Conversations about the royal family. I'm going to forbid that. I'm going to forbid because I heard it the other day. Right, there was I, I was sat just having a cup of tea in in a in a northern town, and uh, and there was these people who were having a reasonably interesting conversation, and then suddenly got to yeah no well I mean I did feel sorry for Megan initially, and then it was this hour long conversation of conjecture being delivered as truth about you know this so so that conversation is entirely banned. Okay. Anything involving the royal family. Okay. That's not anything about the fact that because I'm a Republican or anything like that, though I am, but it is because it's that kind of, you know, I mean, I could broaden it to tedium inspired by nonsense from newspapers. Yes. But because that, you know, which actually that fits in almost as, no, I think I can put that above the bar, bar as well. Okay. I, would, I, I mean, on top of that, therefore, I'd also ban the bringing in of newspapers. Okay. People can yeah. bring in magazines. They can bring in books. They can bring in anything like that. I don't want any newspapers in there. So, so maybe that. Maybe I'll change that because okay. I think that might be so, so. No newspapers in in even broader than, of course, Liverpool's magnificence in the way that it's still, you know, don't buy the Sun. I'm going to broaden it out to all of them. To all news. Yeah, all newspapers. I really can't stand. They're just the, you know, the, the, there's too much rubbish in them. There's not enough interesting things in them. And if people can bring in, they can bring in leaflets if they want. They can bring in coloring books. I've got a great colouring book actually in my bag today, which is was given to me uh, by a man called Alex down in uh, Mephigissi. Mephigissi, by the way, I've never been to a pub in Mephigissi. No, I've been to one pub in Mephigissi. I've always had to pop in and do a bookshop there and then hop out. I reckon that's going to have great pubs. I just want to mention that. <laughs> Mephigissi, very often on TripAdvisor, gets people being very snotty about it because I think people go, well, it wasn't quite Cornish enough. It didn't look how it did in Daphne du Maurier, right? And, and they've really uh, uh, just gone, well, we're going to claim this, right? So they have all these postcards now can get which have snotty remarks about Mephigissi printed on them and then one of them just has underneath well it's no padstow and I think it's no padstow is it is it? but yeah Alex gave me a colouring book of various different pictures that children colour in of tractors next to warnings against what happens if they're sinful it's the most amazing colouring book oh, wow. so you're allowed you're allowed those colouring books as well okay just to, just to clarify exactly the rules from here magazines are allowed yep newspapers are not allowed what about the Sunday supplement from a newspaper? Yeah, but I mean, what's in them? Yeah, I mean, they, if someone was to bring in a book review section or something like that, I mean, I, I would Ooh. probably have in my pub, I would have some, you know, things. I, I mean, definitely there'd be a big bookshelf. Yep. There'd, there'd be lots of, but, and, and people would be allowed to bring in, in you know, books and, and, and kind of swap them around and yeah. stuff like that. There'd probably be a book club on a regular basis, obviously, as well. And uh, so, yeah, that, all of those things are totally acceptable. Supplements, I, I will accept. I'll accept, a, you know, a, a, a G2 or a news review or something like that. But okay, but basic... not, not, it has to be not, it can be editorial sort of views but not news yeah it's not news so, so the, the bit from the main bit what used to be the main bit of the newspaper that's gone I mean Boris Johnson did a very hard job didn't it yeah no yeah okay. right none of that fabulous yeah there are there are pubs that provide newspapers I've been in pubs before where they've on a Sunday thing where they'll have newspapers laying out for people to you'll, of uh, course you'll need someone to probably just keep an eye that no one's reading newspaper apps on their phones these days which is annoying yeah, yeah. that would be uh, I would have Viz instead yeah because oh, I love Viz that's fine so there would be probably I probably have six copies of, of each month's Viz <laughs> yeah. so readily available 14 times probably you yeah. know uh, 
couple of new scientists, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Viz, just a Viz archive, perhaps. Maybe oh, a, a yeah. copies of every ever. Oh, every yeah, ever. there'd be every single one of those rude annuals of theirs. Yeah. There would, of course, be the uh, uh, the Profanosaurus, which yeah. has an introduction by Brian Cox, I think, in the most recent version. I'm always saying to him, why doesn't he buy the artwork? Because Brian Cox is regularly a character in Viz. Yeah. Um, there was one where he was making something like the Super Hard on Collider, where he was clashing pornography together to make the ultimate uh, <laughs> sensation. And then there was one called Tiny Cox, in which uh, I, I love this. It's just the most, like, they had one the other day, which is Michael's Fabric Ant, in which the MP Michael Fabricant has a fabric ant. And the fact that they just do, and the Drunken Bakers is one of the greatest, like, in terms of looking at the experience of what it would be to be a, a baker who ultimately became a hopeless alcoholic, unable to make a Battenberg, is uh, Barney Farmer. There is Barney Farmer and Lee Farley. The stuff they create is magnificent. I had two letters published in Viz in my youth. Oh, nice. I cannot remember them before, what they were. I remember, I remember having another friend who... Also love this, and he would, and he got one post as well. So we're having like this little, little battle. Going, ah, he'd find me up going, You're in it again. Yes, yes, I am. Drink up, please. It's time. Right, we are um, coming to the end of the Moon Underwater, Roy. Uh, before we name your pub, what have you got coming up that people might be interested in if they've enjoyed you here and want more? More Robin in their life. What, what have you got? Oh, well, I've got... Uh, I've, uh, there's a new version of I'm a Joke and So Are You come out in paperback, which is uh, the book that originally came out about four years ago, and I've just done an update. And then also Bibliomaniac, uh, which is my most recent book, will be out in paperback uh, very, very soon. And I'm going to be up in... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing whatever I've been doing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So the Edinburgh Fringe, I'm, I'm doing a show called Weapons of Empathy at the Museum of Scotland, which is great because the Museum of Scotland venue has very comfortable seats and air conditioning which means you've already won the audience over before you've even uh, started talking. And then I'm doing a show which starts with me punching a melon till it explodes, which I've found has made people more wary than I'd imagined. People, people have seen me do some very, very odd shows, but when I just start by shouting out, Vernon Kay destroyed me, and then punching a melon uh, and singing Mustang Sally, I've noticed they're a little bit unprepared for that. What but I'll of, explain that. What type of melon? Well, I've used... All three of the predominant melons recently, just due to what's been available. So Honey, I would normally, garlia and water? Yeah, I'd normally use the garlia. Uh, I, the garlia is, is the best one. Right, yeah. Uh, though the other day, it made the stage so slippery that I had to do most of the show not on the stage because yeah. it became almost impossible for me to move without falling over. Uh, watermelon is best in terms of clear up because it smashes into it. Uh, honeydew, what a state. What I stay. Yeah. And, and the other day when I was in uh, Walthamstow, I couldn't find any melons, so I had to use an iceberg lettuce, and they just explode on first touch if you punch oh, them no. hard. So you can see why salad chefs are so happy because uh, you know when you're doing that every single day. So I just it, it, it sprayed everywhere. Quite cathartic. But... Have you tried a cantaloupe? No, but I'll tell you what, I might give the audience a choice every now and again. Okay, bring out a selection of melons. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. pick one. Okay, well that's. That that not much to add to that. That's no. just, that's just, <laughs> it's my favourite. It's, it's like it's a show, the evening show that I'm doing at the stand, which is just called Melons. Is uh, <laughs> me talking about why I love stand-up comedy and the things that I've loved, and you know when I first saw Rick Mail and 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 the time that I I, I sat with the goodies. Not long before Tim Taylor died as well. I'm just a, the so it's it's a very both my shows I hope are very are celebrations. And I wanted to have two shows that are filled with with love and about things that I love. 
Fabulous, fabulous. Um, finally, though, the last choice for you here. What are we going to call this pub? What are you going to name your Moon Underwater? This is a very, very difficult thing, isn't it? This is... Uh, so I've been... I might, I might just call it Horses. Because I think too often the horses are connected to a groom or the horses are not given true autonomy. Mm. So I'm going to call it horses. And then I will yet again have a big, that what the actual sign where normally you'd have, you know, a king or a prince or whatever, instead is going to be Patty Smith. Okay. So it's to celebrate the horse mm-hmm. because, you know, it's always, you know, there's always, it's horseshoes quite often yeah. there, there. But what about, the, and, and, you know, the groom's always there, the king's horse, the queen's horse. No. Horses. Lovely. Fabulous. And that links to the Guinness as well, of course, as well. We're talking about the the way that the the horses were used by by Jonathan Glazer. Fabulous. Dan, let's have a little recap of what is to be found inside horses, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so your draft choices, Robin, were Guinness and Ghost Ship. Bottle choices, Top Deck and Woodpecker Cider, so probably can choices. Yes. Spirits. um, Now I've got to get this. So Penderin. Penderin, yeah. Penderin, that's it. And Lafroig, I think it is. I think Lafroig. Lafroig. Two whiskeys there. Um, You're keeping our listener uh, suggestion, which was Craig from Stockport, who suggested a monkey cage. You're going to keep the monkey cage, have various different things in there. Uh, It'll be a big one. It's going to be a tyre in it and everything, and people can have a go if they want. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, Jukebox choice, John Carpenter's Lost Themes. Uh, your drinking time was the uh, cans of lager you had in your massive magic coat when you first met your wife and you're barring all newspapers yep yep and your your pub is going to be called horses yeah and anyone who wants to find out who your ideal uh, partner or uh, someone to spend an evening in the pub with will have to uh subscribe and go to Patreon there we go fabulous Robin thank you so much for your time thank and for you. coming to the moon underwater this evening we'll allow, allow you to skip across the moors on your way home thank you very much oh that's the end of me then Austin <laughs> Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.